I'm excited I get to use a lapel mic. <laughs> well, as uh, Chris said, my name is Brian Tan. Along with uh, my awesome wife, Erica, we help out in the uh, amazing team ministry. Yeah, right there. Uh, but before we get, begin, uh, let's go ahead and uh, bow our heads and start with a word of prayer. Father God, I'd just like thank you so much for this opportunity to be here this morning to worship you, to uh, have celebrated a week of being thankful. Uh, I pray this morning as uh, we hear from your word, Father, that you would speak through me, uh, move me out of the way. God, that we'd be able to, to draw something from your scriptures, Father, that we would be able to leave here better than when we came in this morning. I love you so much. I praise you on your Son, name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alright, so actually before we get started, I want to show a little video. Um, I like videos. They make things fun. So. That would have sound. Aww. One second. I'm sorry. Is it on this side? I can tell jokes while I do this, but I can't think of any right now. I'll narrate. How do we do that? So this is a talent show, and they're bringing on this guy. His name is D something. It's not important. That's not important to the video. But what he's going to do, he says, I'm a speed painter, and I'm going to paint a picture in one minute and 30 seconds or less. Okay. Brushstroke. Brushstroke. I like his technique, personally. He's just a little pizzazz as he goes. Notice the gloves that say speed. That's very important. getting interesting. Do <laughs> you have an art critic in the past? <laughs> oh, at one point in the, in the video, one of the panels says, is that a potato? <laughs> Five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Ooh. Yeah, that was their, their audience's reaction too. <laughs> you like my sound effects too. That's awesome. Uh, but this morning we're going to be talking about looking through life through the lens of faith. 
Now, uh, when you saw that guy painting, I don't know if most of you guys, when I saw that video at first, I was like, he's one of those guys that, you know, goes on American Idol or on America's Got Talent. It's like, I can paint! And everyone in the audience is like, sure you can. It's one of those where you're like watching him go and you're like, mm, I'm sure your mom thought you were really good, but you're, maybe not. And so when you're looking at painting, even saw, some people, you saw the audience, they started to do this. They're trying to, you know, see what is, what's going on. And um, the thing that I want to link this to, to the lesson is that a lot of times, actually, our lives can look like that painting. If you can relate with me, like, have you ever had a point in your life where your life just felt like a mess? Where you looked at it and you're like, that looks like a potato. I think. I, I don't know what that is, but there's something going on here. Whether it's, it's difficulties going on in our lives. You know, whether we're, we're having a hard time, you know, in our families, in our relationships, maybe in our uh, financial-wise or in our careers. Um, there can be a lot of times where we look at our lives, it just doesn't make sense. But the awesome thing is that we can look through the lens of faith and see the, our lives the way God has intended for us to see them. So if you take a, take a trip with me, I'm going to share a little bit of what I learned as I was uh, trying to prepare for this lesson. But the first point today is called... Earthly eyes. And this is what happens when we look through our lives the way that, that, that we usually were built to look at. When we have our, our physical eyes and we see things. It's blurry on purpose. It's not a low resume. <laughs> it's to make a point. The point is that everyone experiences difficulties in life. Sometimes that can make it hard to trust God. I don't know... Um, about you guys, I'm sure I'm the only one that has ever had hardship happen. You, know, you guys all look like awesome people that nothing bad has ever happened to. Um, my, <laughs> yes, my wife says lies. <laughs> uh, this year actually has been kind of a roller coaster year for me. It started out really great. Uh, this this year in January, I actually got married, which is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And right on the heels of that, like I got offered this brand new job, and it was awesome. It paid a lot more. They were going to take care of me with my insurance and all these things. I was so excited. It was like, like the happiest I'd ever been. Three months later, I lost my job. <laughs> and then my life started to look like a potato. I couldn't make sense of what was going on. I was like, you know, God, things are going so great. Why is all this happening all of a sudden. I lost my job. I, it was out of the blue, too. It, was just one, it wasn't even like a Friday. They fired me on a Tuesday, which is kind of weird. Um, and so I go into the office. I come out of the office, and you know, I'm just kind of reeling, like not really understanding what's going on. And as the, as the months followed, I started applying for jobs, you know, trying to find work, whether it was being ignored, like saying, oh, well, we've filled your position already, or... Um, going to interviews and not getting that second call, it became really discouraging. And I started to, to feel anger. I started to feel frustration, sadness. Um, I started to feel bitter. Like, God, like, what happened? Like, did I do something? Like, is, is there a reason why you allowed this, these things to happen? Like, I, I'm a new husband. Like, I need to provide for my wife. Why are you allowing these things to happen in my life? And there's different responses we can have whenever we, whenever we face difficulties. But I want to share, there's a scripture in Psalm 77. Um, maybe you guys can relate with the psalmist as he writes. Uh, Psalm chapter 77, verse 1 through 4. The psalmist writes, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. 
When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and my soul refused to be comforted. I remembered you, O God, and I groaned. I mused and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired, Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He, in His anger, withheld His compassion? I don't know if you guys can relate with the scripture. There was a point in in that few month period that I was looking for a job that I felt this way. I was like, God, what's going on? Have you forgotten? Like, you promised me that, you know, you would make my life better. You promised me that that you would take care of me. You said that that if I do these things, if I go to church, and if I serve and I love you, that things will go good. But there was a bigger plan. There was something else that that I couldn't see at the time. There was a painting that God was trying to put together. And in the moment, I was like, stop! What are you doing? Don't brush there. That, that's not supposed to be there. This doesn't look like anything. God, that, that's a mistake. That is wrong right there. What you're doing is, doesn't make any sense. And God the whole time was thinking, Brian, there's something bigger here. I'm trying to do something. So let me do something. See, when we face trials and hardships, it's often all we can see. We feel surrounded by it. We feel like there's nothing else that, 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 that is out there. All we see is the difficulties, the trials, everything that's going wrong. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I can be very negative. I'm the kind of person that if I have you know, this meal placed in front of me and one thing is just unsalted, like it's not salted correctly, it can ruin the entire meal for me. Uh, I feel like as humans, we are, we are negative in our nature. We see something, you know, you can ask, how was your day? Well, it was great until this happened. This guy cut me off, and now my entire day is ruined. We, can, we tend to focus on the negative. And when you're focusing on the negative, when you're, when you're really just drilled in on that, and your eye, that's all you can see, it's hard to find your way out and to see what God is really trying to do. Uh, it's kind of like, have you guys, uh, we just had Halloween recently. Do you guys uh, hear about those corn mazes, those things that you can kind of go around in? Uh, when you're in a corn maze, it's much difficult, more difficult to navigate a corn maze than it is to navigate a maze that you have on paper, right? Those mazes that you see in little kids' activity books. The reason being, when you are in the maze, all you see are the walls. But when you're doing the maze on paper, you have that top-down view. You have a different perspective. You can see what's going on and what the grand scheme of the maze is, but when you're in the middle of it, it's almost impossible. In my job search, I took everything personally. Every time someone was like, you know what, we we chose someone better, or you weren't a good fit. All I was hearing was, you're not good enough. You're not qualified. We don't want you. Every time I was passed up for the job, I tore myself apart trying to figure out, okay, what happened in that interview? Maybe I smiled too much. Maybe I, I didn't smile enough. Maybe I shouldn't have worn that tie. Maybe, you know, they didn't like it when I made that joke, or, or maybe I came across as too unprofessional. And everything just started to pile on, on on top of me. It got to the point where I didn't want to go on job interviews. I didn't want to be told, again, you're not good enough. 
And in reality, that might not have been what was going on. But because I was so trapped in that maze, because that was all I could see, I couldn't see the bigger picture. The awesome news is that we don't have to live that way. We can look through the lens of faith. God has called us to live by faith and to see our lives from a different perspective. You can turn with me to Romans chapter 5, or you can look on the screen. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. The Bible reads, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. And I love this scripture because you can tell there's a progression to it. It says that suffering produces perseverance. There's a reason for suffering. It's not suffering for suffering's sake. We are each an invaluable treasure to God. God looked at us and said, you are worth dying for. You are worth Doing all these things for I created everything for you. That being said, why would God hold a magnifying glass over the anthill and try to burn us for fun? That does not mesh with anything that the scriptures talk about who God is. God always has a purpose for what he does. When we experience trials and suffering, there is a purpose behind it. And that's awesome because when you think about the end goal, when you think about what will happen after all the suffering that you go through, it makes it a little more tolerable, right? That's why we go to the gym. Or we should go to the gym. Because that hour on the treadmill, those, those difficult sets pushing up weights, they pay off in the end. Because we know we're there for a reason. We're there to work out. We're there to get in shape. And we know that even though right now it burns, it hurts, and I know tomorrow I'm going to be sore, I know eventually I'm going to be slim. And it's going to be awesome. And that's the same way we need to view the things that are going on in our lives. That top-down view of what's happening is that there's a purpose. It's not all suffering and, and trials just for the sake of it. It's there because God is trying to do something in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. The Bible reads, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The scripture actually uh, shows faith as a, a way to kind of turn upside down our perspective on life. Because through human eyes, what we see is what we're sure of. I see this podium. I know not to walk into this podium because it's right here. I see these microphones, I see all of you guys, I see the edge of the stage. I'm not going to step off the stage because I know there's nothing there. I see that and I recognize it. I'm certain that if I step off this stage, I will fall. <laughs> but the scriptures say, faith is being certain of what we do not see. Faith calls us to look beyond what is right in front of us. And to trust that there is a greater purpose for the things that we're going through. That, that pain that we see is not just a bunch of random brush strokes. But that God is actually trying to do something in our lives. The issue with this though. Is that it takes a conscious effort. 
Because we're so used to viewing the world through our human eyes, through our earthly eyes. When we see difficulties at work, that's all we see. We see someone's giving me a hard time at work, that's just messed up. My family is not the way I want it to be. That's just messed up. That's just how it is. The relationships I have are not working out. People don't care about me. That's what I see. That's the truth. That's what it is, and that's all it is. But faith says, look beyond that. Look beyond those relationships that you're having difficulties with. What's really going on there? Why is God allowing these things in my life? There has to be a reason, because God said there is a reason. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. God's trying to produce character in my life. Not just allow a bunch of bad things to happen. When we look at our lives through our human eyes, we become frustrated. We become bitter. Angry. But when we look through the eyes of faith, we see the opportunity to persevere. The opportunity to become better. To become more and more like Jesus. So I actually wanted to give you an example of of looking through this lens of faith. Um, If you guys remember, we were just reading in Psalm 77, so that was a psalmist going on about, you know, God, have you forgotten about me? Have you forgotten about your promises? So what he does here, actually, in verse 10, same chapter, right after he just finished saying, has God forgotten me? He goes, then this I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. So in this spiral, in this moment where he's going, God, I don't understand. God, what's going on? Did you forget? Do you not love me anymore? What's going on? He says, wait. Stop. What about all the times that God was there for me in the past? What about all those times that I didn't know what was going on and God came through for me? That is what I'll focus on. That's what I'm going to look at. I'm not going to look at what's going on right here. Because right now, I'm not going to understand. I can't understand it. But I know that God was faithful in the past. And because of that, I can trust and I can have faith that He will be faithful now. When I, even when I don't understand what's going on. He took the time to go through the promises that God had made and how God had been faithful through those promises. Remembering those promises that God kept can help you see through the difficult situations that you have now. I'm sure in this room all you can think to a specific point in time where you did not know what was going to happen. Where you did not know how it was going to work out. And then God stepped in. And God said, Here, this is what I was trying to do. Whether it was God working a miracle through your health, through your finances, through your job, or maybe even realizing something in yourself that you needed to change. And something that you were able to grow in. Something that you were able to become better in. Because of what you went through. We need to take that time to reflect. So here, I found a couple uh, promises that God has written. In Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, you all know this one. God says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 5, verse 1-12, through the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in heart. Blessed are the humble, blessed are the meek. Luke uh, Luke 11, verse 9-13, through ask and you will receive. 
Luke 15, 11, 32, the prodigal son, and how when you mess up, God is still there waiting for you to come back. Romans 8, 2, in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Acts 2, 36-38, the promise of salvation. Repent and be baptized, and this promise is for you and for your children, for those who are far off, and those whom the Lord our God will call. That means all of us. And these are just a few. Actually, in, in my study for this lesson, uh, people have kind of disagreed on how many promises there actually are in the Bible. I've heard anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. And actually, there was a book written uh, by Dr. Herbert Lockyer who claimed that there are 8,000 individual promises in the Bible that God made. That's a good quiet time series. It'll take you a while to finish. <laughs> but this is an example of how we can stop and look through the lens of faith. Where we see, okay, God was faithful in the past. God is doing something. I can trust because I know that He is, he is working in my life. And so right now, even though I can't see, even though I can't understand, I know that God is doing something. And I'm going to persevere. So I have a few practicals for you guys. You guys like practicals, right? I like practicals because that gives me something to do. I have two practicals for you guys. You can handle two, right? First practical. Pray about your struggles and hardships and keep a record or a journal that you can go back to and see how God answers your prayers. This is something that I feel like is a great tool because when you have an actual record that you can look back and say, I prayed for that and that happened. It's an incredible faith builder. Uh, for example, uh, Eric and I, you know, since we got married, we've made it a habit to pray together every morning as we carpool to work. And one of the things that we've been praying for every day was that Erica's dad would go back to church. And recently, about a month ago, uh, Erica receives just a random text from her dad, I went to church. <laughs> and as you can imagine, Erica and I were like, yes! That's awesome! And now we're going to pray that he's going to go through the restoration studies and he's going to be restored and become a disciple again. That is our next step of faith. And when that happens, we're going to find some other crazy prayer to pray. And I'm sure that's going to be awesome too. But that builds our faith. When we see God working in our lives and we have a physical account of what He did, it changes you. It helps you to, to pray harder. To pray about more difficult things. And even to, to trust that God is listening to you. Second practical is to make a conscious effort to encourage those who you know are going through difficult times. Help each other to have perspective and to persevere. You've all been through difficult times before. And you all remember that time that that one brother, that one sister came up to you and said, hey, everything's going to be okay. Be that brother. Be that sister. We are all together to help each other. You're not all in this building just because I'm putting on a good show. I hope it's a good show. But you're not here for that. You're here because God has placed us together as a family. We are here to help each other make it to heaven. And in doing that, we need to call each other to persevere. Especially if, if we've gone through that exact same situation before. Um, it was awesome when Erica and I went recently to the marriage retreat a few weeks ago. It was awesome to hang out with older married couples. Because we're new at this. We don't know what's going on. And to talk to other people who have been through things. Who have experienced what it's like. Really helped us out. And gave us perspective. So these are a few practicals I want to leave you with. But before we uh, get dismissed for today. I want to read actually uh, a little article I found. It's an article written by C.S. Lewis, and it's called An Interview from Death Row. 
I sit a few feet from a man on death row, Jewish by birth, tent maker by trade, apostle by calling. His days are marked. I'm curious about what bolsters this man as he nears his execution. So I ask some questions. What family do you have, Paul? I have none. Well, what about your health? My body is beaten and tired. Do you own anything? I have my parchments, a pen, a cloak. Well, what about your reputation? Surely, what do people think about you? It's not much. I'm a heretic to some, a maverick to others. Well, do you have any friends? I do. But even some of them have turned back. Do you have any awards, any, any you know, accolades that you can speak of? Not on earth. Well, then what do you have, Paul? No belongings, no family, criticized by some, mocked by others. What do you have, Paul? What do you have that matters? I sit back quietly and watch. Paul rolls his hand into a fist. He looks at it. What is he holding? What does he have? He extends his hand so that I can see. As I lean forward, he opens his fingers. I peer at his palm. It's empty. I have my faith. It's all I have. But it's all I need. I have kept the faith. Paul leans back against the wall in his cell and smiles. And I lean back against the other and stare at the face of a man who has learned that there is more to life than meets the eye. For that is what faith is. Faith is trusting what the eye cannot see. The eyes see a prowling lion. Faith sees Daniel's angel. Eyes see storms, but faith sees Noah's rainbow. Eyes see giants, but faith sees Canaan. Your eyes see your faults. Your faith sees your Savior. Your eyes see your guilt. Your faith sees Jesus' blood. Your eyes see your grave and death. Your faith sees a city whose builder and maker is God. Your eyes look into the mirror and see a sinner, a failure, and a promise breaker. But by faith, you look into the mirror and see a robe prodigal bearing the ring of grace on your finger and the kiss of your father on your face. Let's look at our lives through the lens of faith. Amen.